Hey, thank you, Deb, and hello, everybody. Um, it's uh, been an interesting experience working on this. Uh, we began uh, because uh, the uh, uh, to the uh, leadership heard recommendations from priests about what they thought were important matters. And uh, this was an issue that was brought up. It was in 2016, I believe. And uh, we broke into small groups, and a lot of guys were involved in discussion, discussing it. And so it was decided to see if we should go ahead and make it a priority and act on it. And uh, it was decided that we should. Uh, in the meantime, John Hines uh, and I, uh, he's from Wilmington, uh, said that we would work on it. And uh, so we began a process of uh, determining, uh, you know, what what the issues were. So we we based uh, initially, uh, we read things, and you'll see it if you, I don't know if you got copies of this or not, but you will see it in the uh, bibliography. But uh, mainly we used uh, uh, co-workers in the vineyard written by the bishops, and we felt that it was a good taking off point because that is open to the fact that it wasn't the final word, but something uh, other things would develop in terms of lay ecclesial ministry. Um, now, this document speaks about uh, pastoral leadership. Uh, I, I just want to, well, there's a question about that here. I'll address that later. Uh, but uh, the person in that role is to assure that the people uh, of God in a parish have someone as a leader as a go-to person, as a spiritual guide, as well as someone who takes care of the ordinary life of the parish, uh, giving the option then of not closing the parish uh, or giving the priest uh, two, three, or more parishes where they become overwhelmed. And uh, our conviction is that uh, it's, it's almost a priestless parish. Uh, it's tantamount to it when uh, the guy has so many places to take care of. How can he possibly give the attention that he would give to one? Now, this also includes that, you know, hopefully the parish already has a lot of people in lay ministry. Uh, from among those lay ministers, uh, uh, one recommendation is that uh, people be found and uh, raised up, asked to uh, be trained uh, to uh, fill the role of lay ecclesial minister under uh, the uh, the umbrella of uh, a priest uh, who is assigned by the bishop. Uh, they would be the canonical appointed priest. Uh, but the person would have the freedom to be able to do what needs to be done in the parish uh, to establish, uh, uh, you know, what the what the parish is about, uh, how they're going to accomplish it, uh, you know, overseeing the administration of the parish, uh, as well as um, the uh, presentation of involvement, let's say, of all the people in the parish. In, in what is happening. Now, we know for this, a lot of training is needed. Um, canonical pastors will need to be uh, be trained along with pastoral leaders. So you see the difference there. One is the priest pastor, and the other is a pastoral leader, like a pastoral associate, but a leader. Um, they, they must have training. Diocesan offices must have training. Uh, and most especially the people of God must be involved in it or, or it's, it's doomed to failure from the beginning. Um, they, it's primarily then a, a pastoral role uh, in the sense that it 
uh, does many, many of the things except sacramental ministry of the priest, and there would be a priest available. There are different ways of approaching that uh, for Sunday Eucharist and for the celebration of sacraments that a priest uh, performs or, or uh, uh, actually carries out. Um, this is... Uh, a person needs managerial skills. Now, you know, hopefully we will these people will be more well known to us than even the guys that go in the seminary that no one's ever met before, uh, because we see that they've been active in parishes. And uh, while there is some concern about uh how we could possibly uh uh you know pay these people uh a just salary and uh also uh recognize the role that they have uh, that uh, certainly is something that must be addressed. But uh, one diocese mentioned that it costs about $75,000 a year for a priest. Uh, so it shouldn't be out of our range to be able to do it, do the just salary. Uh, but the person is, is truly a leader in the parish. Uh, they would visit the sick, uh, visit parishioners, be known by people. Uh, know and be known, uh, the day-to-day -day coordination, which I mentioned before, and lead certain worship services that are uh, not sacramental. Um, the uh, canonical pastor or delegate uh, would do that. Um, I mentioned the remuneration, uh, but it's so important we feel that the USCCB endorse and encourage this uh, because in, in some cases, uh, it was in uh, effect in dioceses, and a new bishop came and just um, said, well, you know, I, I don't uh, care for this type of uh, approach to ministry, and it was canceled, uh, leaving people kind of in a lurch, or not kind of, but quite in a lurch. Uh, so it's important that it be encouraged and also that it uh, begin to occur in places where people are open to it and hopefully a new bishop or priest uh, to a, a parish or to a diocese uh, will not uh, end the the whole process uh, or this uh, particular ministry, as you put it that way, because all ministry is always in process. Uh, a special urgency arises now because we're seeing more and more of this, quote, priestless parish uh, uh, occurring. Uh, a large number of retired priests are now around, and so it's a, a good time uh, because they're there, to, they're there to help as they do now with uh, the sacramental ministry, well, this uh, kind of ministry is coming into place with lay uh, ecclesial ministers or pastoral leaders, uh, call them either as you will. Um, the other thing is that uh, you know there are some priests who just do not like the idea of being circuit riders, uh, you know, going and helping in different parishes, and, and, and you know they're not connected to a community. Uh, we believe that there are solutions to this, but uh, this document was a proposal and and doesn't have the solutions, uh, which we are willing to work on if if asked. Um, there is a lot of time and creativity and courage needed to make all these adjustments. It's very different, uh, but you know, time will also be needed uh, to train the pastoral leaders. Um, there are challenges uh, to embrace uh, along the way, even in parishes. Now with resident parishes, we, uh, priests, we, we need to uh, always be updating. 
Um, in the third world, this, uh, this kind of thing is not unknown at all. There were many outstations or chapels uh, that are visited as often as a priest can get there. Uh, I'm involved in a parish, uh, sister parish program in uh, Guatemala, and we have a parish there with uh, 22 churches. And, uh, you know, the, the priest has to take care of them all. Of course, he's not going to get there on Sunday. Fortunately, now there are two priests there. Uh, but uh, that's a, a lot uh, on somebody. And so the training, as we see in the third world, is training catechists and Eucharistic ministers. It's not an easy thing to do. It costs money to do that. Uh, you need to have speakers. You need to have trained people doing it. You need to have the books, et cetera. And uh, the people uh, would welcome it, and what I've seen they do, but they just can't possibly give the full training that, that they need. So we have to really work on that. Um, the uh, Some dioceses, it was recommended by a couple bishops who wrote to us that it may be appropriate to apply this regionally and not expect a nationwide uh, enactment of this kind of thing. Uh, and let it unfold in in that way. Now, we all know that Pope Francis speaks uh, along these lines. I need not go into a lot of detail on that. Um, but uh, you know, faith tells us that a crisis is an opportunity. This is a crisis in the making, and in some places it, it's a true crisis right now uh, for the people of parishes. And you know, we worry about priests, too. What about their health? Uh, and, and taking on an awful lot, and and their preparation too, being prepared. You know, for uh, most of us, it's not the kind of priesthood that we were prepared for. Uh, some of us find it exciting and challenging, and others may feel quite overwhelmed by it. Um, but we also go forward with hope, because we are trying to bring the mission of the gospel, the gospel to people, and uh, we don't want our uh, churches to diminish because there isn't a pastoral leader on deck, on the scene, uh, someone there, but who is certainly must be connected with the larger church, uh, as, as old parishes should be. Uh, we don't want our Catholic presence to diminish because then our role in society uh, is going to suffer too. So uh, I hope that that uh, is I'm going rapidly over a few pages here, but I hope that we are uh, getting to the point of uh, point, uh, the major issues involved here. Uh, and so for anything I missed or any questions you have, uh, Deb, I'm ready to uh, shut up. <laughs> okay. um, I was just curious if you might say a little bit more about your own personal, um, I said a little bit about it. So how did this, how did this come up for okay. you personally, and and then also, how did it come up through the association? I, I you made sort of a general comment, but um, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm just kind of curious a little bit about the history of how this came to be, uh, and and also, how are there parishes already doing what you're talking about? Are there okay. is there anyone out there? And and how and if not, what how is your model different? Maybe than maybe some of the somebody where we have a, a you know uh, maybe a religious uh you know as the administrator for a, a you know a, a a church um so anyway so if you could talk a little bit about that as well yes thanks well well for me uh i i guess you know we all are called to something uh, we have issues that we think are very important so for me uh my entire priesthood has been about 
uh, lay involvement. Uh, and, and my parish was based on collaboration and uh, principle of subsidiarity, uh, giving people the uh, the freedom to act in their their own uh, way, uh, you know, using their own gifts and, and all that. And, and it, it, it's quite exciting. Uh, collaboration takes time uh, and uh, it can, uh, you know, be a little bit messy sometimes, but uh, it certainly is better than having a top-down leadership. So uh, I, I really, when I, I was asked to, to become the director, director of pastoral life for the diocese, uh, it wasn't long before I met with the bishop and brought this up because I really want to see it spread more. Uh, the, the bishop before Bishop uh, Bukowski uh, was very much behind a, a commission that uh, I asked him to set up, and I was chair of that, uh, for collaborative ministry. And so there are various steps along the way uh, that uh, have, have moved us in the in direction. Before that, we had a needs assessment of, of all the priests of the diocese, uh, see where they're at. Uh, in their whole lives, and certainly this would be one factor. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I did do. Uh, my term was up. I moved on. Someone else uh, uh, came in, and uh, uh, as often happens, uh, related to your other question, things aren't always as exact as you think they're going to be after we spoke with deaneries and met with all the deans and vicars and had them involved every, I guess, two weeks or every month we get together um, and uh, we would talk about all of this. And, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of changed and it ended up somehow uh, going back to the model that almost all die well, so many dioceses that we hear of, to the model of a priest getting two or three parishes, uh, sometimes more, uh, to take care of. Some of them widely spread out and quite a distance between them to to get there uh, each each Sunday. Um, so uh, you know, with that in mind, we uh, that that was all in, in the factors of, of presenting this. So when John Hines said that he would like to. Uh, take it on. Uh, he then called me and said, "Hey Ray, I need a co-chair." And I, I don't know why he called me. I didn't know John well before that, but uh, you know, we got our heads together and began to meet. And uh, he basically wrote the document, and then I butchered it all up and <laughs> added and subtracted, and then he rebutchered it. And uh, and you know how people work on a document; everyone does their mm -hmm. part. And then we brought it to uh, Bob Bonet and Kevin Clinton and the the uh, um, leadership of the AUSCP. Uh, they gave their input, and again, we went back and forth, and then it was, how do we get this into the hands of bishops so that they can give us some feedback? We got some, maybe about uh, eight or nine bishops gave feedback. What came back was positive. Uh, you know, it's, it's guys who are open to this and doing it in one uh, way, shape, or form in their diocese. Uh, not, it's not an overwhelmingly, though, to the extent that uh, we're trying to present this, where someone is in charge of the diocese, uh, of the, uh, excuse me, of the parish. Um, now, you know, the uh, uh, extent of that in other places, we know of, uh, sadly, dioceses where it was started wasn't given a lot of time, and then it was canceled out. Or uh, we uh, also have heard of people 
being in this role in a parish and a new pastor comes and it got canceled out. Um, you know, maybe a guy feels that, you know, there are a lot of people who feel the priest should do this and that's it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that it's not diminishing the role of the priest in any way, shape or form. Uh, in fact, uh, I rather enjoy my time now being a circuit rider and uh, mm-hmm. for spending my time being a priest and not worrying about boilers and roofs and air conditioners and all of that stuff. Uh, so, you know, there are people gifted to do that. And fortunately I had a, a, an administrator who took care of, uh, most of that. Uh, so, uh, did I, did I get to what yeah, you were I was asking? Just, I was, yeah. And I was curious, you said, so you sent the document out for comments. Did it just go yes. to bishops for comments or no, did it go to no, other priests? No, it didn't. Or it didn't. Right. It went, it went to bishops and then, uh, the NCR, National Catholic Reporter, picked it up and uh, we got a, a good number of responses from that. Again, all positive. Uh, some uh, one person very, very hurt by having been, uh, you know, fired, not needed anymore. Uh, and keep telling us to keep that in mind. How are you going to deal with that kind of thing? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the input was let's keep going in this direction. Uh, you know, but it is something that's that's obviously has to be done, um, and uh, you know, so you know, we felt okay, fine. Now the bishops who answered were all very kind and very positive. Uh, two of them mentioned the regional. You know, things are different in uh, uh, Mississippi, or uh, you know, the bishop I wrote to down at Mobile, Alabama, the Archbishop there, Rody, and uh, my bishop. Uh, James uh, Cecchio, uh, we're two ends of the country and things are different. Uh, and so we, it all, it definitely has to be adapted to that. And there needs to be somebody to make sure that it keeps rolling in, in the right direction and, and seeing to each diocese's needs. Have you, um, and, and as far as your, you were hoping for some kind of response from the USCCB, did I, did uh, I yes. understand that correctly? Okay, yes. can, can you say where that is and what's happening? Well, it's there? easy to get an appointment with the Pope. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's really it's unbelievable. But I, you know, I I don't know that maybe it'd be a good idea in the future for them to have a channel. But we got so much advice from bishops and uh, uh, people, even in the uh, office of the uh, USCCB. Um, about which congregations we could go through or which organizations, whatever they're called, uh, or committees. Uh, We also, it was recommended that uh, it become, again, the regional thing where um, the the dioceses are all split into regions. So you have your archdiocese and then you have dioceses within uh, the area that the archdiocese is a region of this word i'm not using the right word but let's for us are right now uh regional and if you could get uh, the the person in charge the archbishop to present this to his region and if a whole region says this is a good idea we got to go with it then it can get on the agenda so Bob just uh, noted to me that uh, they did everything that they and and John and I looked up the different people. It went to every bishop. It went to every archbishop. Uh, it went to the different committees uh, of, of the uh, USCCB. 
uh, where we hoped it would get through. Um, I, I had a priest uh, in, in Houston that keep uh, bugging uh, Cardinal Donardo, uh, who spoke beautifully on lay ecclesia ministry uh, based on um, the uh, uh, co-workers in the vineyard, a very important word. And, uh, you know, and signed by bishops, you know, the USCCB. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, is, it was very hard uh, to, to get it to people. And also uh, the new uh, cardinal in Newark, to Tobin, uh, he's the chair of a committee that would be uh, very important in getting this onto, the, uh, onto their schedule. But we haven't heard anything yet. But it's, it's out there. Okay. Thank you, Ray. Uh, that's a yeah. wonderful start. Now, I think it would be great now to uh, turn to the folks who are with us. And um, it is we're now in the question and answer period. So if you want to ask a question, you would uh, press the star six and unmute yourself. Say your name and ask your question. And, and uh, then when you're all finished, then you would press your star six again. So uh, why don't we begin with um, a question and follow from there on out. Bernie, if no one... If, oh, hey, Bernie. Bernie. Okay, hi, this is Bernie. Uh, I don't have a question, but I don't want to uh, also <laughs> upstage Ray. But I worked 12 years in Guatemala with 75 chapels and the mother church in town. And this has been going on for decades there. Each chapel is very independent. The lay people run it. They have the books. They do everything. All the priest does is come in for the sacraments. Uh, the lay leaders of these local uh, chapels come in for formation uh, quite frequently every month. But it's been going on. I don't see anything uh, extraordinarily difficult to implement it in the USA except for the attitude of over-administration. I think that bishops and priests are going to have to loosen up a little bit and let lay people do things. Absolutely. So, so, yep. so Bernie, can you tell, give a few details so that for those who may not have that experience, um, what, so you said, so what does a typical week look like? What does it look like uh, on a Sunday? Or, you know, so t tell us how it goes in, a, in, a, in those models. Okay, you can hear me? Yes. Yes. Maybe I'm very good. Well, uh, I say I inherited the, the situation, and so I just continued it for 12 years with very little modification. One thing I did do, though, is to uh, appoint uh, apostles laicos, lay apostles, and they were given greater responsibilities than the previous priests, the Dominicans, had done for over a century. And that made them closer to the uh, evangelical pastors who were having such great success. I saw that uh, that model of the uh, evangelical pastors in these villages uh, should be taken up by our Catholic Church. And so mm -hmm. that's what we did. The bishop was a little bit worried about it, but it worked for me, for us, I should say, for almost 12 years. Uh, as a so what, what did they do that was more than before? Like what okay. additional <laughs> things did they do? 
Yeah. Um, there were, at the beginning, 19 of them. There were 17, uh, 75 chapels, and there were 19 who proved to be worthy and capable of uh, of pastoring two or three chapels. And their job was to basically uh, do what uh, do everything but in terms of administration, in terms of instruction, in terms of bringing the Eucharist uh, from the Mother Church uh, for the celebrations of the Word, now with the Eucharist, uh, really. Uh, <clears throat> and what was the most important, they pastored the people because they knew the language. I had little command of the uh, Kekchi Mayan language, and since they were <laughs> natives of that, uh, they were excellent at preparing couples for marriage, let us say, baptismal instruction, and all that. All the priest did was to come in. I came in about once every three to six months, once in three or six months, for the sacraments, mass, baptisms, weddings, and so on. And uh, Of course, I was in town, sometimes a seven-hour walk away, uh, if they'd have to consult. But I found them quite capable of running their own affairs. Now, there were crises. Sometimes the evangelicals would... Uh, uh, attack a, a local chapel, and uh, these laicos, pastores laicos, would have to consult with their neighbors, uh, pastores laicos, and uh, to come to their rescue, etc. But it was a very interesting dynamic. Uh, believe me, people are capable of running these uh, small uh, churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, uh, many lay people, and I know. Uh, many AUSCP priests would feel the same way, and probably uh, plenty bishops. Um, was there a commissioning involved with the with anyone in who were running the chapels, uh, what, uh, like a yeah. formal commissioning? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, they had to these lay pastors had to be identified, and uh, 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 there were some very close to the previous uh, uh, pastors, priests. And so they knew their people. Well, they've been around for 5,000 years. You know, it's like a tribe, huh? <laughs> uh, they know everything that's going on, and they know who's who and all that. Uh, so, yeah, we identified those who were, and if they accepted, then the chapels they are going to administer to had to accept them. Most of the time they did, but sometimes the people would say, no, no, we don't want that. So we had to make adjustments according to that. And so once they were accepted, then when the, when me, the pastor, came around, then they were installed locally to that congregation. Uh, it was a very emotional experience, but on the other hand, uh, no surprises. Mm-hmm. As I told you, the-, the bishop, however, when he heard that I had called them lay pastors, he said, don't call them pastors. They'll think they're pastors. And I said, Bishop, they are pastors. Uh, maybe not in the canonical sense, but they are pastoring the people. Come on and accept it. So the bishop was a good guy. He accepted it. Mm-hmm. That's And were there, and I'm thinking in terms of, you know, the sort of typical way that bishops are merging or closing parishes in in the states and in europe um it, were, was there were there any of those cases where you were bernie or were people o- able to even open chapels in places oh, oh, that needed the thing them is, the thing is very dynamic once uh, some people came in and said, father we like to have mass in our chapel of santa lucia i said santa lucia there's no such place they said oh yes we just have we just established santa lucia <laughs> <laughs> so you got said, well, the, you I got said, the well, memo. I'm doing all that, and yeah, and I fitted to my schedule. So, 
you know, <laughs> within a month or two, I'd arrive there for the first time to see Santa Lucia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. All and right. on well, the other hand, there were crises where uh, two or three times uh, uh, the chapel had to be closed. Uh, for various reasons, sometimes the people would have to move out to survive economically and go down to the coast and so on to work, etc. And chapels just disintegrate. Yeah, that's how it happened too. What was and, the split between men and women in these roles? Nope, men. There was only one woman who tried it, and she didn't make it. It's a very patriarchal society there. It's uh, it's the Indians, huh? the Mayan Indians. And the man is everything. Even when it comes to elections, the woman votes as the man votes. Okay. Thank you, Bernie. That's really enlightening. Anytime you want to uh, give us some more information, that's really uh, it's really good to hear like the the details of how other communities and how other regions and how other countries are are um, operating and how they. They do the work of the gospel, how they how they manage that. So it's great. Other questions, other comments, other models. Hi, this is Hi. Oh, hi, is... um I'm, I'm sorry, was someone else asking a question? You go ahead. Uh, Okay. Um, this is Rita. Um, first, uh, thank you very much, um, and uh, both Bernie and uh, Father Roy. Um, I'm curious in terms of a, a U.S. model uh, based on the 2008 Synod on the Word. Um, the uh, that that Synod actually approved, I believe, a uh, role called the um, I think Minister of the Word for Latin America. Uh, and it sounded similar to what Bernie was describing, but it was more, I think, in the cities, um, as well as rural areas, but not as much like tribal-based. And women were reportedly 80% of the ministers of the word, but they ran small, you know, like outposts and did the liturgy of the word and, you know, distributed communion, and et cetera. So um, I'm wondering if that model is informing the um, the work that the AUSCP is doing. Is that integrated, that idea integrated into um, <clears throat> the, the, the document that's being sent to the bishops? And um, are you also envisioning women as, uh, I guess, pastoral administrators? Uh, I can answer that if you like, Debbie. Uh, uh, no, that's okay. Go ahead. No? Okay. Uh, again, uh, what we have here is a proposal, and uh, anytime we start getting into uh, uh, how to make it work, uh, we would be r reminded by each other to, okay, this is a proposal to get their attention and uh, to have them establish a working commission to set up the particulars of how it would be done. Uh, Bernie had a wonderful experience, uh, and it's so good to hear. Uh, the the uh, ministers of the word and that women held such a high role, that is also very, very good. But now you have to remember that uh, you have many, many different communities in, in let's take Guatemala. Uh, you know, he, he was working with Mayans. Uh, they're different from the Latino people. Uh, mm -hmm. The Lions, uh, the, the Mayans are, in, in fact, on, kind of on the bottom of the pile uh, and, uh, you know, they also do have the, the more, the older uh, kind of uh, 
uh, understanding of the women men in the, the, the churches that I went to the chapels uh, they uh, there were women and men mostly men uh, but there were women but their role was nothing as as much as Bernie's uh, you know they they would never had never been formed uh, by the Spanish uh, Franciscans who had been there before uh, so uh, you know while, while they well, why should I go on and on? So that's uh, you know something that has to be uh, adapted and adjusted. And the women, uh, the, uh, the ministers of the word, I think you said, yes. uh, Rita. Yes. Yeah, uh, I believe that's that's uh, that's a great starting place. We need to do that. But there's no big issue there where where we are. We're a different part of the country. I'm down south. Uh, it, where people uh, have women involved. Okay, thank you. And I can I can say that my experience in Honduras uh, uh, on a couple of mission trips was such that uh, certainly women and men both were leading uh, small Christian communities there. Uh, some priests, some without you know again without uh, many priests. And uh, um, and it was uh, very very dynamic. They were very much uh, the pastors of those uh, small uh, Christian communities. So, so yeah. I think that I think the point that Ray made is is, uh, and I think in the proposal you want it would have to be adapted according to uh, regions and cultures and let them wrestle with the issues that are uh, most. Uh, uh, for up there for them. So, okay. Other questions. Hi, this is Kate. Hi, Hi Kate. this is Kate. Hi. Um, I've been um, working uh, in different dioceses at the request of the laity and parishes uh, for the past twelve years, and I've um, I've been asked by the laity parishioners to come and help in 55 dioceses of the United States. And the, there is such a terrible need for the bishops to be realistic about the destruction of the faith community as a result of the mergers that they are imposing. And the, the, the real, and I really commend you to, for the development of this paper and your tenacity to continue to come to the bishops and to keep coming to them so that this discussion of, of uh, pastoral leadership can develop in the United States so that the small-based communities of parishes, of long-term parishes, can continue because uh -huh. the discussion that's happening thus far the, the bishops are turning a blind eye to it in in many respects, and they need to understand there is an alternative um, way of going about the pre-shortage. And uh, so I commend you so much. Well, Kate, I know you. We were working on a committee together. <laughs> uh, and with you there, uh, with your background, uh, this kind of thing can work. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so just for other people on the phone, Kate Kunstler is a canon lawyer. 
mm-hmm. and she she has been um, working uh, hand in hand. Uh, Future Church has a Save Our Parish Community initiative, and people can download our resources uh, if the if they get word that their parish is going to uh, be closed or merged, and then oftentimes those folks uh, will reach out to Kate. Uh, we always recommend her because she's uh, had um, uh, quite a number of successes, and uh, able and she's able to give people very solid advice on um, how to speak back to these um, parish closers and murders. So we thank you for that, and thanks that you're on, and glad that you're on the phone call tonight. Are there other questions? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, other questions? Other models? Yeah, I, I, I know. Here, this is go Bernie. Ahead. I can make an yeah. insertion here. Um, Pittsburgh is in the course of reorganizing, and they know that they're going to lose 30% of the practicing Catholics when the merger goes through. People are going to walk away. But the diocese and the bishop is willing to lose 30% of the Catholic population. Well, yeah. Boy. Yeah. I mean, this is the very organism that brings the gospel to the world. And uh, why why would you do that? I, 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 it's, it's really, it, it's beyond my understanding uh, how this can be the, the mindset. Yeah. yeah. Bernie, I, I would love to see documentation on that because I heard it too. And as, yeah. as, uh, as Deb just said, it's, it's kind of overwhelming to even think of. <laughs> so I would love to have that in hand uh, yeah. as we continue. Well, future, this is, future Church has some of that documentation. Yeah, do they? We do. We, we have a pastoral yeah. study that, that shows uh, just that number uh, of Whoa. people who, who, who leave. Uh, but it's an older study. It would be great to, because I'm sure it's much worse now. It is much worse. And yeah. uh, spend hours on the phone. Uh, and I, I'm going to say this with great humility. I act as the bishop who is talking to people whose hearts are broken. And I spend hours on the phone with them. And all they ask is that the bishop come and speak to them. But the bishops will not uh, face them because I think they are ashamed. And the the number of people who leave the church who are faith-filled people whose hearts are broken because of this process. Because the process says, you're not good enough to remain as a parish because you do not meet the criteria that we have set up. And so these people who are the third, fourth generation of their family in this parish are then told they're not good enough. So how are they supposed to feel? Anyway, I'll stop now. But, but this, this replacement, this understanding, Father, I am, by the way, I am so pleased that you're doing this. This, this is really, really needed and is a beautiful possibility. And um, there, if, if any of us are on this phone conversation can help you in any way, I'm, I'm, I've got my hand up to help you in any way I can. Okay? Okay, Kate. I'm not going to let you get away. <laughs> That's okay. You, I count on it, okay? Okay. Okay. Um, this is Barbara from Cincinnati, and uh, yeah. I still think the elephant in the room, though, is all the women of the church 
that, you know, have always wanted to be priests. And, I mean, some of them are going out and, you know, they're joining Roman Catholic women priest groups and that kind of stuff. And, I, you know, that's a huge number of people that could help a lot with some of these problems. That's for sure. And it's you know, sad. I think, yeah, it's sad. And it's it's so we're in so there's this theological problem that must be solved right uh and and in the face of that and you know people have been calling for solving this problem uh which would be a much more inclusive priesthood which would include married married priests we know how we know how many priests uh are not allowed to practice within the official church because they were ordained and got married and and then 